righty, let's get at her. It is Monday night, 7.07. Welcome to an Employment Law Show. John Scholes here along with John Pincus. A uh, busy show coming up here. John, of course, a partner at Sinfiru Tamarkin LLP, uh, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in this country. How about that? You want to reach out here and now over the next uh, 48 minutes or so. No problem, 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400. If you care to send along an email instead, we'll try to get uh, through some of those as we get through our topics and live phone calls, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And in the meantime, between the calls, as we get them lined up, temporary layoffs, what you need to know, and if we got time, we'll get to, uh, you have to do something about it if, give you some of those warning signs. But as always, your uh, your live calls Make the show what it is every week, 416-870-6400. Off we go. John, you got a week that was or a look back at the week that was? How are you, pal? What's going on? I'm good. I'm good. Busy, uh, as you can imagine right now. A lot of people dealing with uh, layoffs that are turning into very, uh, very explicitly permanent terminations. Um, A lot of people deciding that uh, now is the time that uh, they need to deal with their severance. So if you're in one of those situations and you want to talk or not sure what to do about uh, your current employment and don't know where things are headed, then give us a call and we'll, we'll talk about it on the air. Uh, but uh, I want to talk about a different situation first. And this one is uh, really quite a story. Um, this is uh, this first situation I want to talk about is someone who worked for the same company uh, for 25 years as a software engineer. And this person had recently been going through a very serious crisis in his life. He was dealing with a divorce. He had just been diagnosed with cancer, thankfully treatable, but still extremely stressful. Um, and as it often happens, this eventually began to impact his work. Now, in hindsight, probably he should have taken a leave of absence, perhaps considered applying for disability benefits. But this was someone who was a workaholic, and naturally, his pension for work was a positive distraction. Unfortunately, this led to him taking deliberate shortcuts in his work, uh, shortcuts that he knew he should not have been taking. And those shortcuts ultimately led to one of the company's long-standing clients getting quite a bit upset. Some work had to be redone, and it did end up costing the company quite a bit of money. So he's called into the president's office and asked to explain what happened. And right away, he breaks down in tears. I'm so sorry. I've been struggling with this illness, and it's, it's been impacting me at work. But I'm not making excuses. I know it was wrong, and I'll never do it again. I want to take a leave of absence and get better. So the company's response at first seemed to be compassionate. They said, okay, you go ahead and take your leave of absence, and we'll let you know the outcome of our investigation. And naturally, this person figures, okay, maybe I'll get a warning, maybe a suspension. John, you already know where this is going, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course, his employment is terminated, and the company claims just cause because of this event. 25 years, no severance, zero. There's so much to unpack here, but the main point is, after 25 years, the company really has to ask itself, was this the way to treat someone? Even in the absence of the cancer diagnosis and the struggles this person was having, this is clearly someone who after so many years was entitled to a second chance, right? They were entitled to have this be something lesser than a termination. And the fact they knew that this was related to his health conditions and they terminated him anyway certainly raises some very, very serious human rights questions as well. So we're going to be negotiating for this gentleman, and I'm confident that the company is going to be paying a significant sum of money when this is all said and done. And if there's one takeaway for employees here, I I hope the takeaway for employers are obvious, which is don't do this. Uh, But for employees, 
Remember that if you're ever confronted with having done something wrong, please, and I know this sounds obvious, but in the moment it may not be, tell the truth. A lot of employees become a little bit of a deer in the headlights, right, when they're interviewed about misconduct, especially if it's something they know they're guilty of. They get scared, and they may not give the whole truth at first. That will never help you will never help you to be dishonest with your employer. Do not try to cover it up and hope you'll get away with it because when you are caught, that is just another obstacle that an employer is going to throw in your way to try to deny you severance. So be upfront, be transparent. Um, you and, and if you are unsure, uh, if you're being called into a meeting and you're unsure about how to deal with it, then perhaps call an employment lawyer so we can guide you through that situation. But what we are going to tell you, above all, is to tell the truth. And you want to reach out, by the way, to John, a member of his team, anytime you could do so. I'll give you that number in between, one 821 5900 But here and now, you want to call tonight and uh, have your say, ask some questions. Of course, 416-870-6400. Uh, what's the other matter you got going down, pal? So this is a very common situation, and uh, I've pr- probably talked about it at some point before because it's it's just so, so often. But it's so, so important, and it applies to so many people that I really, really think uh, it's important that our listeners hear it. So this is someone who'd been working for a small manufacturing company in its sales department uh, for about 10 years. And about five years ago, she was asked to sign an employment agreement in exchange for a $1,000 bonus. So she figures, hey, sure, why not? I'll take the $1,000 bonus. Fast forward five years, her employment is terminated without cause, and the employer says, hey, remember that employment agreement you signed, it didn't look over? It had a termination clause, limiting you to just the minimum. Our payroll's under $2.5 million. We are going to pay you eight weeks' pay. That's it. Now, wait a minute, this person says. I went on the severance pay calculator, and I should be entitled to a year of my pay. You're telling me I threw away 10 months of my pay just by signing that employment agreement? Yep, that's what they say. Yep, that's 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 what you did. Well, she's understandably very upset and comes to me and says, did I really make a $65,000 mistake? That's how much it was worth uh, when I signed that employment contract. And thankfully, no. Uh, the termination clause in that contract was completely unenforceable, and she's going to be entitled to up to 12 months' pay. Now, the fact of the matter is, for most people listening, is that if you are in that situation, you know you've signed something like that, you should absolutely still be speaking with an employment lawyer uh, if you are let go, because the vast majority of those employment agreements are not drafted properly, and they are completely unenforceable. But if you're in a situation where you are being asked to sign one of those, especially if you're in that situation uh, now going forward, you should not be signing this until you've spoken with an employment lawyer. You have to consider, why is my employer asking me to sign this? What, what, what is the motivation? They're just randomly giving me a $500 bonus and they want me to sign this? They're asking you to sign it because there are things in there they want to rely on, and the devil is very often in the details. So speak to an employment lawyer. If you don't understand it, make sure you know what you're signing. And make sure to uh, to call and talk to John, a member of his team. Do not hesitate. Uh, if, if only for a conversation, no problem. If it's got to go further, they are there to take care of you. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And, uh, again, 416-870-6400 would be the number to uh, to call through. If you had, We had a call there a moment ago, hung up. But if you want to call back, you can do so. In the meantime, temporary layoffs the next couple minutes before we got a break. What you need to know. So, Starting off with the basics, always good to. John, what is a temporary layoff, and how is it different than a regular uh, regular termination of employment? 
Well, the first thing that any of our listeners uh, should know, uh, if they haven't heard this before, if they haven't uh, listened to us talk about this, is that for most people, a temporary layoff really is not different than a regular termination. The only thing that makes a temporary layoff different is that your employer at some point may recall you back to work. Uh, if they don't, then it's certainly no different than a termination. Um, and if they do not recall you until months from now, then you are likely going to be entitled to the termination pay during that time that you are out of work. So what a temporary layoff is, is something that uh, comes from the Employment Standards Act. Uh, in normal times, it's 13 weeks uh, without benefits or up to 35 weeks with benefits. Uh, in the context of COVID-19, that period has been extended uh, enormously so that people have been basically um, on um, on tender hooks for the for the last what is it six sixteen months now uh, or so since since this started, uh, not knowing what's going to happen to their job, uh, so uh, for but for many of those people they haven't agreed to temporary layoffs and if you haven't agreed to a temporary layoff if you haven't said this is something that I'm okay with as part of my employment then you can decide to treat that as a termination and you should do so um, as soon as possible if that's what you want to do and that's why you should speak with an employment lawyer. And there you go. That is how you do it. And you can call one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Is there a time limit uh, to this thing where it's too late, or should you just call any time for that matter? Well, there is certainly a a two year limitation period right. that everyone has to keep in mind. Uh, the rules for that have been somewhat changed uh, as a result of COVID nineteen. So for for many people, that period is somewhat extended. But you should be. Uh, assuming for your purposes that it's two years, and if you're concerned about that, speak with one of us right away. But that's that's the main one. But the other thing that you have to keep in mind is that um, the longer you wait, the more that an employer is going to argue that um, that you allowed them to do it, uh, which 99.9% of the time is nonsense. But still, the sooner that you can act, uh, the better. And with that, we'll take a uh, take a short break and still plenty here to go. If you're just joining us, uh, Employment Law Show, uh, you have any questions about employment rights, this is the show for you. You've been terminated, laid off, wrongfully dismissed, harassed at work, uh, changes in your work like temporary layoff. Want to give us a call now and talk about it, 416-870-6400, and get the answers you need. We'll continue Employment Law Show on Global News Welcome back to the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. All right, welcome back. 720 John Pinkus, partner at Sam Firu to Market LLP, answering all of your questions here. To reach John and his team confidentially anytime, email help at employmentlawyer.ca. And as I mentioned in the uh, first uh, first suite there, 1 855 821 5900. You can also go to employmentlawyer.ca, get the advice you need, compensation you deserve. Check out links to our television show as, uh, as, as well. Uh, the firm, San Fierro to Market, LLP, helped tens of thousands of Canadians get results from coast to coast to coast. So give them a call and look them up. But as always, phone calls here and now, top priority 416 870 6400. David, thank you for standing by. Good evening. Hi there, how are you? Good, sir. What's uh, what's going down? Very quick question. Uh, uh, my wife is working for a very important uh, um, construction company. She worked there for two years, and then when she got on uh, mat leave, uh, they didn't say anything, but 
the end of uh, when she had to return to work, they sent an email saying that, you know, you're, you're, right now you're laid off. I returned the laptop and phone, and that's it. So she pretty much got laid, laid off while she was at home. Okay. Um, so she tried to come back to work, and they said, you don't have a position? Did they say that this is permanent, or they said, we're putting you on a temporary layoff? No, nothing. They didn't over, offer anything at all. They just said, you know, like due to COVID, like it was COVID time, uh, they said, well, you cannot come to work right now. We're just going to lay you off. Right. And and your wife was in a was she in a non-unionized position? Yes, that's correct. None. Okay. Well, I, I think, and, and um, well, it sounds like this was recent, so I, I think that she should be giving us a call. Uh, you can both give us a call as soon as possible because um, likely there's going to be some severance owed here. And the other question that I would have in a situation like that is, was that, and, and maybe you or your wife can speak to this, but uh, was COVID really the reason here, or did they simply find it that a, a convenient time for them to, to do that? Because uh, many companies like to just sort of say COVID and, and attribute everything to COVID, when in reality, uh, there are many reasons for doing things. And one of those reasons in this case could be discriminatory. So we'd want to look into that as well very carefully. So, David, I'd, I'd recommend that your wife gives us a call as soon as possible because um, there could be some, depending how long she was out of work, um, some exactly. seri serious severance entitlements here. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. For sure, we'll give you a call. Definitely. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks, David. Appreciate that. And that number again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. help at employmentlawyer.ca. you still got lots of time. By the way, call like David, 416 870 6400 is the way to call through Monday, Wednesday nights, of course, here on Global News Radio. Uh, temporary layoffs, that's where we left off, and that's the topic we're kind of getting to between the calls and the emails. Um, isn't it, this question you've probably been asked a billion times over the last year and a half, and that, that is, is an employer allowed to lay off an employee temporarily? Well, sure, yes, if you have agreed to it. If you have agreed as a term of your employment that your employer can place you on a temporary layoff, then they can do so in normal times, 13 weeks or, or 35 weeks. And in the COVID-19 period, uh, for basically as long as this has been a pandemic up until September 25th. So the question is going to be, can your employer lay you off temporarily? And that's going to depend on what you've agreed to. So if you have not agreed to it, this is news to you, or you've been on one for a short time and it wasn't a prior agreement in a contract or otherwise, what can that employee do if they have been put on that temporary layoff? Well, the first thing that you can do, of course, is you can decide, well, you know what, I, I'd really like to stay at this employer. I understand this is something that, that may happen. I appreciate that this may happen to me again, but I'm going to accept it. And that, that's an option that people have, and there's nothing wrong with doing that as long as you understand the implications of doing that, which is that um, you will not be able to claim it as a termination if you've explicitly accepted it, and your employer will try to rely on that to potentially do that to you again in the future. And if they do it to you again in the future, it's going to be more difficult to claim termination pay uh, for the second time. You're going to have to differentiate it somehow. Um, so if you do want to treat it as a termination, which is an option that you will have unless you've agreed in advance that you're going to, that you are okay with temporary layoffs, that's the time to call an employment lawyer and uh, so someone can walk you through the process of doing it. Yeah, I guess it could be pretty dangerous if you, I know you, so many people, you know, like you said, they, they like where they work and they like their employer. Maybe it's a small company. Maybe they're pretty chummy with the boss. They want to, you know, take one for the team and muck in and help out. But this could have potentially 
disastrous consequences down the road, right? Right, because you could find that all of a sudden your your employer is uh, temporarily laying you off again and again and again. Oh, business is down. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick these people to the curb. Uh, oh, and then I'll bring them back, and then I'll you know all of a sudden you have no stability left, which for many people is not what you signed up for. So you really, what I would tell people is that if you're inclined to accept it, I think that it's very important to at the very least make it clear to those employers that. I'm accepting this on a one-time basis, right? Maybe your employer was particularly hard hit by COVID, but you've got confidence that they'll be able to bounce back. So you want to say, look, I'm going to accept a temporary layoff for now, but I'm not accepting this again. There's nothing wrong with doing that. And if you do that, you do that in writing always, right? Absolutely. That's right. That's the golden rule. 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400 to call in now. And ask your questions. Talking about the temporary layoffs, really, really important topic. It's you know it's been number one for some time until the whole vaccine thing came into play as well about people having to get vaccine and go back to work. That's been a lot of your time too. But you think about the uh, you know you mentioned that if they do not accept it, if it was not part of a contract prior to, and they're like, no, I don't, I don't want to accept this, John. I, I hear what you're saying about getting my severance and treating that as a termination, how much severance is that employee laid off temporarily entitled to receive? Is it the same as you would find on severance pay calculator? It is the same. It's the same that you're going to find on severancepaycalculator.com. So that's where you want to start. And then you want to give us a call so we can discuss your severance entitlements in more detail, but you are not going to lose out on your severance just because it's a temporary layoff. The only time that your severance entitlement is going to be different um, is if your employer calls you back to work. But other than that, uh, your entitlements are going to be the same. You're, uh, I, I don't mean seniority in the union sense of the word. I just mean as years worked. But do, does your seniority and length of employment continue even though you've been temporarily laid off? So you, you all of a sudden you go from a 14-year employee, and, you know, a year later you get called back to work, now you're a 15-year employee? No, I mean, unless there is some kind of agreement, and it would have to be very, very specific to come with employment standards that you are going to be treated as a brand new employee then uh, no you are going to be continuous for all purposes and it's going to be like you are an employee for that whole time just like when you're on a leave of absence if you go on a parental leave if you go on a sick leave when you come back you've accrued service during that time it works the same with a temporary layoff 416-870-6400 the number to call in other than uh like you said the the uh the prior employment contract where they uh, you've signed it and it was in there and now you got to live by it are there any other situations where that layoff is allowed well no that's that's really it john i mean if and, and if you have not agreed to a temporary layoff then the employer may be entitled to do that under the employment standards act which means it will not be a statutory violation and there's certain rules that go along with that, but you are still going to be entitled, generally speaking, to a severance package if you have not agreed to it. So what happens if an employer recalls that employer or an employee after that uh, employee has been off uh, temporarily temporarily laid off? Has anything changed? Has the landscape changed and all that other back? Well, it really depends how long it's been, right? right? So if you have been out of work for six months um, and your employer uh, recalls you at that point and you go on a severance pay calculator and you see, oh, I'm entitled to 12 months. Well, unless you have a good reason for not going back, and some people do, uh, but unless you have a very good reason for not going back, um, then typically 
your entitlements are going to be capped at that rate. On the other hand, you know, if you're someone who has maybe a 12-month entitlement and you were laid off in March of 2020 and your employer is just recalling you back to work now, it's not really going to change the landscape all that much. It may change the optics of the situation a little bit, but legally speaking, from uh, an entitlement point of view, you've already incurred those losses, right? You've been out of work for that whole time. So unless you found another job elsewhere during that time, um, then your full entitlements are still intact. They want to clarify that uh, that date of September 25th you put out there before. Now that uh, that extension to the to the layoff from the government that's a long time if you've been off for most of COVID. Like you, you can't remember what it's like to work, but that has nothing to do with your common law rights, correct? Those are still right. in. That's right. So what does that that's, mean? That's a that's a statutory deadline, and I think the reason why that date is going to matter, and, and I think this is going to get very interesting around September is because no employer, um, assuming that date doesn't get extended, I mean, it's been extended three, four times, but hopefully with given the current climate and things um, on the up and up, hopefully that will not be extended. Um, but if that is not extended again, then um, imp no employer is going to say, uh, at least no employer in the right mind is going to say, that I can just keep you on this, you know, infectious disease emergency leave, that I can just keep you on this very extended layoff. Employers are going to have to make a decision. Employers are going to, all employers are going to know, I've either got to call this person back to work or I have to give them a severance package. And I think what we're going to see in the fall is a lot of severance packages, a lot of restructuring. Um, and um, I think a lot of companies are probably not going to be eager to uh, offer good severance packages. That's going to be interesting in the fall. This is probably, uh, you know, the messaging you just put out is something that we're going to have to reiterate through the uh, the rest of the summer into the fall because a lot of people figured, well, you know, the government has extended it so many times. Now my employer is saying I'm just going to keep you on a layoff. By this point, it's going to be the boy who cried wolf. Oh, okay, they say they can do it. I guess they do it. I'll just sit back because the employer said that again and again and again, so it must be true. But you're saying that's an issue because, if, as you said, if the deadline does not get extended, that's not the truth. But people are so used to it by this point, they've kind of glazed over. Yeah, and I also want to address this notion uh, that you hear in, in some corners um, that an employee um, who has not done something so far um, has now lost the ability right. uh, to do that. And, and uh, quite frankly, in my view, that is complete nonsense. Uh, we have several court decisions that address this issue directly um, and simply by virtue of you not having physically objected to the layoff does not mean that you've consented to it. It does not mean that you've consented to it. So if you have waited until now to do something, uh, as long as, you know, as long as this is not a pre-COVID layoff that we're talking about, uh, then it is not too late, right? If it's a COVID layoff, then by definition, it has not been two years yet. Um, and you can still do something about it. So you should, if you want to do something about it, it's not too late to call us. And you can call here tonight as well. It says 732, so you still got lots of time. It's 416-870-6400 to call us here on air and ask your questions. When you do that, you're usually asking a question that thousands of other people are scratching their head about too, right? So you can do that with the remaining time of the show. Before we get to our next uh, round of topics, I want to get into an email from Wendy. It says, hey, John, love the show. My employer wants me to come back to work at half my salary. Wow. I've been laid off. There you go for a year. What happens if I refuse? That's a fantastic question. It's especially a fantastic question because it's actually a very common question, if you yeah. believe it, John. I'm, I'm getting this a lot now. Uh, companies who, who 
have been hard hit or perceive that they're going to be hard hit uh, by the pandemic. Uh, they don't want to be responsible for termination pay, uh, but they also don't want to pay people their full salary. So they want to have the best of both worlds um, and they want to have their employees uh, absorb uh, the hit of the pandemic, and it just does not work that way. So Wendy here is, is going to have to make a decision. Is she prepared to have the terms of her employment change that I don't know if they have her working part-time or if they have her working the same hours for less pay either way? Uh, she's going to have to make a decision. Is she prepared to, number one, have a job where she will now only have the right to earn half her salary? And number two, if she is, let's say, two, three years down the line terminated, her severance is going to be based on that half salary. So this is a major, major decision that you have to make right now, Wendy, and I would very strongly recommend that you contact us so we can discuss it. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, if people ever wonder, you know, it's, you know, because of COVID, et cetera, et cetera, you know, it's, it almost seems, doing air quotes here, logical that, you know, for them to survive, my employer can bring me back at half salary. It's like, well, no, just by the same token that you can't go back and ask for double your salary. I mean, that's... It's not gonna, it doesn't work like that, right? Right. I mean, employees and employers have both suffered, uh, but the law does not allow employers to simply push the burden onto the employees of what has happened unless those employees consent. And so, those empl- and so if you're in that situation, maybe it's the best move for you. Maybe you really, really don't want to have to look for another job. But unless you are prepared with the implications of, of that, then you may want to go after severance, or you may want to negotiate something to say, well, I'm going to agree to this, but only temporarily. Right. So in both cases, you want to make sure you make that clear in writing, and you may want to do it with the help of an employment lawyer. Let's get on to this. You have to do something about it if, number one, your employer is building a case against you. What's that all about? Right. Well, this is uh, what we often hear is a performance improvement plan, right? So sometimes your employer will say, you have failed to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and H. Here's what we want you to do. Here's what we, here's what we want you to do it by. In many, many cases, in some cases, it's an employer who really generally wants that employee to improve. But, you know, performance improvement plans very often are not actually performance improvement plans. Very often, they are made in bad faith, uh, and they are made by employers to try to deprive that employee of severance later on. And you have to speak up, uh, and, you, and you should do it in writing. You know, sometimes there's a comment box. You put your employer on notice. I'm not accepting this. I'm signing under protest, and here's why. And that can be a very powerful thing to do. So I strongly recommend that if you're in that situation, and if those allegations against you um, are not genuine, whether it's done by a performance improvement plan or an email, You've got to speak up. You do it respectfully. You do it civilly. You do it politely, uh, but you do it assertively, and you make sure you are clear about exactly why you disagree um, and what is unfair, maybe what may be untrue, and that'll help you later. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is the way to call through now for the remainder of the show. Talk to John. Ask a question. You can reach out to, uh, and get more information free and anonymously. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca is well. Uh, you got to do something about it if you are offered a new employment agreement. I imagine that's going to be happening. Um, talking about things that are going to be happening in September when a lot of people end up going back to work after this this layoff. That's going to be a massive thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. If you think about that example that uh, we talked about at the top of the hour, that was from a few years ago, but you're going to see a lot more of that now. You're going to see termination clauses that are going to try and fix the uh, the sins of the past, so to speak, uh, fix up those uh, termination provisions so now they are legal, uh, which means that your employer will be able to rely on them. So you have to be 
very, very, very careful. This is one of the most important issues facing employees. Uh, and the reason why employers do this is because most of the time they get away with it. Most of the time, the employee will sign that agreement. And if you are doing it with open eyes, understanding what you're agreeing to, then that's fine, that's great. You have the, as long as you know what you're walking to. But most employees are not prepared to do that once they realize what they're giving up. And that's why you should speak with an employment lawyer. Let me uh, let me tell. Well, you always speak with an employment lawyer on both sides, the employer or, or employee. They always should call you and and uh, and the rest of the guys and the rest of the, the, the fine people at the firm there. But let me ask you this: so a lot of employers moving ahead on this thing or hearing this thing, that's ah, that's a damn good idea. I'm going to get a new employment agreement for my employees when I bring them back after we get out the other end of COVID, and they're going to go and possibly do it on the cheap and download some sort of template some sort of employment law agreement off of Google and use that and, and slide that across the table to their employees. Does that hold any water? No, that's that's almost by definition going to be an unenforceable um, yeah. termination agreement. Um, so if you want, if you are an employer and you want it done right, you have to speak with an employment lawyer. Any competent employment lawyer right now is going to be able to draft it for you in a way that you're going to be able to rely on it way that is fully transparent with the employee about what they're giving up um, so that employee can make an informed decision. And if you do those two things, then you can agree to a lesser entitlement. I usually uh, recommend in in most cases that if it's a a higher level employee or someone who's going to be really reliant on this for income and may not be able to replace this job, you may want to consider something more than the statutory minimum. But uh, whatever you do, you want to do it legally and you want to do it uh, in a transparent way. And that you need an employment law. You can reach out to John anyway. Uh, it depends whether you're an employer or employer. It doesn't matter. Employee, one 821 5900 in that regard, by the way. Uh, you got to do something about it if you experience harassment at work. No kidding. Yeah, this is tough. A lot of people are, are still experiencing this, even in the context of working remotely. Um, harassment is still a reality. Um, and um, if you are in that situation, the first thing you want to do, of course, is you want to make a complaint, maybe to your manager, to your human resources, uh, or if it's a small business owner, you may have to speak to the owner. Take notes of everything that happens. Uh, make sure that you're writing emails that are contemporaneous with the events themselves. So once it happens, you write an email right away. An email is timestamped. It'll prove that you've put them on notice, and you got to follow up on those complaints. Um, but if all else fails before you leave your employment, speak with an employment lawyer because if you simply say okay that's it i'm quitting and claiming constructive dismissal and you do that without an employment lawyer you may find that you've just resigned yeah you may find that you've actually just given up all your employment entitlements and maybe you had no choice maybe you really had to leave for the purposes of your health and if you have to you have to but if you want to actually preserve your entitlements then that's when you have to speak with an employment lawyer before you make that decision to leave because it may not be the right decision want to get to this uh, this final one before we move on to a couple emails to wrap up tonight and you have to do something about it if your employer won't accommodate you yep this is a this is a very very common situation a lot of people suffering from various uh, medical ailments right now i'm sure if you listen to the disability law show you hear a lot about that and it is not just the right under your disability policy it's the right that you have with your employer and it's very important to remember that those are separate rights you may not fit the specific definition of disability, although as uh, any of the listeners of the Disability Law Show know that, that in, in most cases where your disability insurer says that you're not, uh, you very well may. But yep. even leaving all that aside, you have a separate right uh, 
also with your employer, that they have to accommodate you up to the point of what's called undue hardship. And undue hardship means it's not about uh, the employ other employees being um, you know, upset that you're getting a certain accommodation or jealous. It's not about customers being uncomfortable. Uh, it's about them accommodating you up to the point where it would actually jeopardize their business um, to try and do what you're asking, they'd have to, you know, they have to redesign their whole building or something like yeah. that. Unless it is that extreme, which is very rare, that employer has to accommodate you. They have to f listen to what your doctor is asking, and they have to work with you. I want to get to an email from Gary here. Gary says, guys, what should I do if my employer is refusing to pay me both overtime and vacation pay? Well, the first thing is we need to figure out whether you are actually entitled to those things. Most people are entitled to vacation pay, uh, and with some exceptions, most people are also entitled to overtime pay if in Ontario they're working more than 44 hours per week. But some people are not. Uh, so certain IT professionals, uh, certain managers, if they are actually a manager in practice, they may not be entitled to overtime. And you can actually find the answers to many of those questions on the Ministry of Labor's website. Can you believe that, John? I'm actually sending people to the Ministry of Labor's website <laughs> wow. for something. There's a first. There's a first just for this, okay? Uh, but if you are owed overtime and you know you don't fall into one of these exemptions or it's not clear that you fall into one of these exemptions, then the first thing you want to do is keep a record of it. And every week, you write to your employer say, here are the hours that I've worked. I'm over 44 hours per week. Can you confirm you'll be paying me overtime? And do that again and again and again and again. And if and if it's happening for months and months and you're not getting overtime pay, that's when you may want to consider either contacting the Ministry of Labor or speaking with an employment lawyer. Uh, and this is, unlike severance, one of those situations where you can actually go to the Ministry of Labor. These are one of the things the Ministry of Labor actually is pretty good at dealing with. Not and you can, go back, uh, you can go back, what, two years to claim unpaid overtime? Well, it depends. Uh, if you go through the Ministry of Labor, then yes, you're pretty much going to be held to those two years. Right. But if you've just discovered that you are entitled to overtime, uh, perhaps you're listening right now and you've been working overtime for 10 years and you've just discovered it, then and you go through the courts, the courts say you can actually go back as long as you have been earning overtime because you haven't discovered it until just now. So it's not always just those two years. It really depends on the circumstances. And I have seen cases where uh, it is perfectly legitimate to go back the entirety of that employment relationship. We'll get to one more here before we wrap her up. That'll be from Sam. We've got about a minute for Sam. Says, guys, have been working for a company, out of company for 25 years. It was just placed on a layoff. Do I have seniority rights? They should have laid off junior people first, shouldn't they? Well, the answer to Sam's question in large part is going to depend on whether he is in a unionized environment, uh, because in a unionized environment, seniority does matter. But generally speaking, if he's a non-unionized employee, then it's not a question of seniority. It's a question, like we've been talking about, uh, has have you agreed to it, Sam? So it may not be a seniority issue, but that actually may not matter here because it may be a termination anyway, and you may be entitled to severance anyway. So I would strongly recommend you give us a call so we can talk about that. And that'll do it for another evening. Appreciate you stopping by and listening. You want to reach out now, uh, contact uh, John Pickus, our partner here, Sanfiru to Market LLP. That is the most positively reviewed uh, employment law firm across this country. It is 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca as well. But stick around on point. Alex Pearson, coming right back, Global News Radio.